I have no Harry, folks. So, <laughs> Harry is my producer, and I am doing this on my own. Harry's gonna kill me because I got my hands all in the shot. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Well, hopefully, Harry be able to. He'll be able to do something. Here, yeah, with it. work it out a little bit. Hey, y'all. Hey. This is the show live. Right. Okay. Okay. And we are in the house. Can you see me? Okay. I can see me. Yeah, I can see you. But we're in the house today on the show with, and I'm going to get the title right because you guys know that I am awful at titles. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I try to be better. That's all right. That's all right. But this is Angela Wardlaw. And she's the Associate Director of Admissions and the Director of Community Engagement at Hopkins School yeah. here in New Haven. So Angela is coming in today to talk to us and kind of dispel the myth of what it is to go to private school right. or independent school, as they right. like to as say. Like to say, yes. yes. So how'd you land at Hopkins? You know, Michelle, it's... Uh... It's a pretty simple story, not complicated. Um, I grew up going to independent schools. Mm -hmm. I started my education at St. Thomas's Day School. Okay. Um, and from there, I spent two years at Brantford Intermediate School. Mm -hmm. At that point, my parents had moved to Brantford thinking that it was going to be, you know, the, the better life. Yes. Um, and then from the intermediate school, I went to Hopkins. So I was there from. So you're an alum. So I am an alum, class of '84. Okay. Yeah, class of '84. So it was a good experience. Very different. It's a very different school now yeah. than it was then. Yeah, when you were there. Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot more diverse. It's a lot larger. The physical makeup of the campus is different. It's very different. Very I different. remember it being sort of still not sm increasingly small, but it was, yeah. sort of a medium-sized campus. Yeah, you no, know, it was it was certainly on the smaller side. Um, we had three academic buildings, uh -huh. and now we have seven. Wow. Um, yeah, and so, and we draw from 60 different towns and cities in the state of Connecticut. When I was a student there, either you lived in New Haven, Woodbridge, or Hampton, for yeah, the most part, right. maybe on the shoreline. Right. So, the, really, the demographic of the school has changed. Has changed tremendously. Absolutely. Because you have people from Fairfield County. Oh, my goodness. Fairfield County, we have people that live in Westchester County. Um, we have students that live wow. on now. We have some students that commute an hour and 15 minutes to school every day. Wow. Which is, which That's is very so, in that diversity, when you say diverse, mm -hmm. because we know that that word can stretch its way around Absolutely. a lot of different things. Absolutely. So, when you say diverse, what is what does diversity look like at Hopkins? Diversity at Hopkins um, looks a variety of ways. Um, I think ethnic diversity, you know, that's kind mm -hmm. of, that's what people see. That's right. the most noticeable thing, right? Right. Um, and right now we have a 31% student of color population. Wow, that's, so that's big. Our African American and our Latino and our Asian students. Uh -huh. um, geographic diversity, as we just talked about, um, students coming from far and wide um, to school every day. Religious diversity. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have Christian students, we have Jewish students, we have Muslim students. Um, so th the word diversity definitely encompasses many things. Many I, think things. We, I think we do a good job representing you know, lots of different things on campus. So. When you start to talk about independent schools, mm -hmm. what is an independent school? Define mm -hmm. that. An independent school, that's a good question because oftentimes when I'm visiting schools and I use the word private school, <coughs> excuse me, independent school, 
I think the first thing that pops into people's minds are parochial schools, which are a very, right, very, very right, different. Right. Um, you know, church affiliate affiliated. Independent schools are not. Um, you know, we have our own um, rules. Um, we have a board of trustees. Um, it's a tuition-driven school. Okay. Um, and so you're going to find that in an independent school, things are going to look a little bit different than they do in your in your standard or typical high school. For example. For example. We'll take something as simple as a calendar, as a school calendar. Okay. Um, I think for the most part, most public school students attend schools 180 days. Um, our calendar looks different. We start school later in the school year. Uh -huh. Um, you know, a week off for Thanksgiving, two weeks off for Christmas, two weeks off in the spring, and then our school year wraps up the first week of June. Yeah. So for most kids, that's like a, that's a win-win. Right. Um, we don't make up snow days, um, and we're in charge of our own curriculum. You know, so we're not following any particular mandates from the state um, other than rules like, you know, four years of English, that sort of thing. But yeah. we come up with our own curriculum. And how important is that, that you all, are you looking at it from a standpoint of this is what other independent schools are doing around the country? Mm -hmm. Or this is what independent schools do in Connecticut in connection with, say, a foot? Right. Or a Hamden Hall? Okay. How does that work? Well, I don't think we necessarily follow any sort of um, model that another school um, follows. We, you know, so I'll use our English department as an example. So right now we're in the process of adding adding some interdisciplinary courses mm -hmm. um, with the music department, the history department, and the English department, um, and that's all curriculum that's come that comes from the individuals in the department. Um, it's something unlike any other independent school. Um, and our math curriculum, you know, we have some math courses that, you know, far exceed, you know, many of the math offerings that our counterparts have. Um, and so we kind of, we like to view ourselves as kind of the role model for uh -huh. the school that other schools model their curriculum uh, <laughs> behind and trendsetters in that respect. Yeah. So, um, so well, we're really special that way. So what are a few more differences besides folks having to pay tuition? <laughs> and we'll talk about that. Right, yeah, that, that's a conversation. That's in a big of, one. Right, conversation yeah. in and of itself. Yeah. Um, you know, I think one of the, the most noticeable differences is the fact that there's an application process that goes along um, with applying to an independent school. So unlike the magnet schools where, you know, you enter a lottery and your name is selected and mm -hmm. then you choose a school, um, unlike the comprehensive high schools where you go down to the Board of Ed and you do your paperwork and you, you go to either of those two schools. With the independent school, you have to complete an application. Mm -hmm. um, you need recommendations. Um, you have to come in for an interview. Um, we need your grades. There's a standardized test that goes along with that, an entrance exam called the SSAT. Mm -hmm. um, that's a required part of the process. Um, you have to come and do a shadow day. Because you need to know, is this the school that I want to spend on right. the next six or four years? Right. Um, it's important to be in that space. Um, and then what you, you mentioned, the financial component that goes along with that. So, okay. there, so there is a process that must be followed that starts very early. So, for example, we are interviewing students for the fall of 2018. Okay. So we're, so we're essentially a year ahead of ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and so that process started about two weeks ago. And, you know, we have kids coming in for interviews, parents coming in for interviews. I've done some school visits. I was at um, Elm City today, and, you know, I 
been at Martinez and you know so I make my rounds um, to the city middle schools just because I think it's important that kids know have what that their opportunity are. yeah Absolutely. and have that option so Absolutely. what do you say to parents mm -hmm. who have very bright children mm -hmm. but are concerned mm -hmm. about them having or I don't want to say having a minority experience mm -hmm. in that type of environment, mm -hmm. but they are concerned about students learning about themselves right. and, and being proud of their culture and not being ashamed of who they are because they're in this environment that is very different. Right, right. And, and I understand that probably more than anyone. Um, my son just graduated from Hopkins in May, but my daughter wanted no parts, parts of, of it. it. Right. And, um, and she went to Hill House and was part of the Macy program, you know, back when. And so I have, you know, I have two children who had two very different experiences, mm. um, you know, academically and socially. And so, you know, I would you say... grab her by the hair and say... No, no, because it's certainly not the kind of place, it's not the type of school that you go to if you don't really want yeah. to be there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I didn't want her to, you know, feel uncomfortable. I didn't want her to be unhappy. She She... Did amazingly well you know where she was and, uh -huh. and it was a good fit for her so what I, I say almost that same exact thing to, to parents it's it's an amazing school um, and for some schools for some kids it's more of an amazing experience yeah. than others and yeah. so it's really important that you know your child um, that you know that you're able to support them in all the ways that they're going to need to be supported and one of that one of those ways may be the fact that you know they are going to be in a minority, yeah. right? And and yeah. help them figure out, you know, how to maneuver that. You know what that's going to look like. I think yeah, because how job. do you yeah. how do you say that this is a fit for your kid, knowing mm -hmm. the tradition of that particular institution, you yeah. know, and and yeah. try to say to folks, look, uh huh, um, you know, in the past maybe we have not had a lot of folks of color, mm -hmm. but now we're in the 21st century, right. so that has changed. Yes, and and I think that's true. And then also, you know, Michelle, to be honest with you, I have, um, I probably have, you know, 10 or 20 extra kids that don't technically, are not my children, but belong to me <laughs> on campus, right? And so it's important for all of those students to know that they have someone um, to go to. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, and for the parents as well. Absolutely, I have. You know, I think that's one of the reasons why I've been at Hopkins so long because every year I promise someone else I'm going to stay until their <laughs> child graduates. And so now, 23 years later, Here I'm you still are. there, right, <laughs> promising people that I'm going to stay until their their child graduates. But um, there are a lot of resources on campus. There are a lot of places and a lot of people that kids can go to. Um, we make sure that our um, curriculum is rich in our history as mm -hmm. well. And so not just in our history curriculum, but in our English curriculum as well. Mm -hmm. You know, being thoughtful about the books that we select, being thoughtful about the conversations that we have, um, being thoughtful about the people that we bring onto campus. Um, and so we really try our best to to make sure that everyone feels comfortable and everyone is represented. So when does the process for selection really truly begin? When it truly begins. So um, we're interviewing now and we'll continue to interview through probably the end of January, the okay. first week of February. Um, and our deadline is January 15th. So, you know, technically all the paperwork, the recommendations, the application, the testing, uh, that sort of thing all needs to be completed by the 15th of January. And then there are 
eight of us on the committee and mm -hmm. every Wednesday we meet in this little room with all of our applications and we literally go through each and every application and make a decision on each and every folder. But now I'm a parent. Uh huh. I have no idea. People <laughs> just keep telling me that my kid is, is smart. smart. Mm -hmm. So what's the next step for me? Yeah. So, you know, we, especially if I don't, if I'm not familiar with right. independent schools, right. what, what's my next step? You know, so we hear that if I had a quarter for every conversation I've had, you know, they're, you know, we all think our babies are smart and they're brilliant and he was we able do. to read at one, yes, you know, all that sort that. of thing. Yep. One of the things that we really stress to our families is that um, the, the students that are interested in a place like Hopkins or a Bud or a Hamden Hall um, are all pretty bright, right? So they perform well in school. Um, the students typically, you know, enjoy reading, they enjoy math, and they're involved in activities. And so, so parents need to realize our applicant pool is full of kids that are that very are much like, like that. that. Right. And right. so that's typically the hard part about our transition. And so what I try to explain to, to families that as smart as your baby may be, and they may be super smart, I have 425 other kids that are ju that are just as smart. So how do they stand so out? What, you know, what so makes it, I know, I know, because that has been an issue you know mm -hmm. as someone who had a child at an independent school mm -hmm. you know you kind of hear about all these different things right you know you hold your kid back a year so that <laughs> you know uh -huh. not only are they older but now they're more mature and right. probably a little bit brighter than everybody in the class <laughs> or you know there's the uh there's the whole you know exposure 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 yes uh, you know, I take my child here, we do this, they speak Mandarin by the time yeah, they're five. Yeah. You know. Yeah. How do you that. yeah, so what makes the difference? Or or better yet, in in Hopkins case, mm -hmm. what makes a Hopkins student? That's a good question. Um, you know, there's no cookie cutter Hopkins student, but I would say that a Hopkins student is hardworking. Mm -hmm. I would say a Hopkins student is resilient. I would say that a Hopkins student enjoys the process of learning. Mm -hmm. um, I would say a Hopkins student is confident and um, willing to try new things. Mm -hmm. um, I would say a Hopkins student, I think one of the most important things, knows when to ask for help when they need it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and a Hopkins student is involved. You know, one of the things that I really, really enjoy about our students is that they're involved in a little bit of everything. So, mm -hmm. you know, I caution parents about overscheduling their children. You know, once you've been in this business for a while and mm -hmm. I'm looking at a sixth grader who's applying to seventh grade and they have something every single night and then they're traveling and then they play, you know, right. high level this right. sport. No, it's important for them to be to Kids. go outside and play. Right, you know, and just have some bike. free play. Right, exactly, exactly. And so we really are kind of, you know, we we try to stress the parents, you know, um, because we have some parents calling their kids who are in the second grade. Can you please tell me what I need to do to make sure that my child is ready for a place like Hopkins? And my response is just let them be, be a second themselves. grader. Let them right. Let them be themselves. Let them do the things that they enjoy. You know, let them enjoy the process of learning. You know, let them sit and read a book, not because it's the book to read, but because it's a book that they that enjoy. they want to exactly and and enjoy it. Because that it's interesting that you say that because 
I remember very distinctly mm-hmm. being in grad school mm-hmm. and Mia was small mm-hmm. and people were asking me, well, what does your daughter do? I mm-hmm. said, she's going on four years old. <laughs> um, what four-year-olds what do? What four-year-olds do? Mm-hmm. Because we got into this whole discussion about kids and time mm-hmm. and we were looking at data mm-hmm. and one of the things that they had talked about was the fact that at at four years old, mm-hmm. five years old, mm-hmm. kids were being introduced to sports. Right. And so consequently, with that introduction, by the time the kids got to 11, they were burnt out. Right. They didn't want to play any more sports. Right. They didn't want to see any sports. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, my daughter doesn't do anything. And they said, well, don't you have something for her in the back of the car? Right. right. And I'm like, a book. <laughs> and if she a gets tired book. of that, she can look out the window. Right, right. Yeah. I mean... So you, you, you see it and you, you really don't, you know, you kind of say, well, that's kind of loony, but you hear the stories. Oh my gosh. You hear the stories about kids that have been super involved and, you know, gone are the days where kids do a little bit of everything. So now at a young, young age, parents feel like their kids have to specialize in something, Right, right? Right. So you have to be the best basketball player. You have to be the best tennis player. It's not a matter of kind of testing the waters to kind of see what, no, you pick something and you just stick with it right. all the way through. Um, probably not the most ideal situation. <laughs> you know, they're young. Kids change their minds. And they change they're their physical. minds. They want to be an ice skater one right. day, and the next day they want to be a gymnast, because right. that's what kids do. And so we really, really do try to counsel parents and let them just be kids. We, we want to have, you know, 11 and 12-year-old kids on our campus that are 11 and 12-year-old 12 12 kids. Old. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, sometimes it's a harder sell than Yeah, you know, than others, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So, the big question. Yes. The money. Money. I always say the money for the, the last money. Part. Any presentation that I do, because usually when I start throwing the, the numbers the out numbers there, out. you know, people kind of check out a little bit. So, before I even say the number, <laughs> it's expensive. Let's just put it out there. It's expensive. But um, but that's what financial aid is for, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I can't speak to but how, how many other schools do. do you have... Can you t- talk to mm-hmm. a percentage of students who are on financial yes. aid at the school? Yes. So 20% of our students are on financial aid. So that's a good number. So that's a good number. Um, you know, we have a really, really solid financial aid program. It's all need-based. And so everyone's financial aid package will be based on whatever the demonstrated financial need of their family is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have a range. We have some families that need no financial assistance in order to... You know, sitting their child to Hopkins, we have some families that need everything from tuition to a laptop to um, books, you know, help with trips. And so we have, and then we have, I would say the majority of the families that fall somewhere um, in the middle. In between. Yes. And so it's, you know, as as a community and, you know, and, and I work with, you know, all different people. So yeah. I would say as a community, we tend to be really private about our financial situations, right? And so it's not something that you broadcast, it's right. not something that you talk about at the dinner table, that sort of thing. What I try to stress to the families that I work with is that, no, this is not a time to be private about your financial situation because what we we can't help you when we don't know. When we don't know, story, yeah. Right? And right. so you submit the paperwork and then you get a financial aid package and it's something that you're not comfortable with. And then you call me and you say, well, I have to do A, B, and C. And then my question is, well, did you put that on your financial aid application? And they go, no. And then they go, no. 
you know, you, you gotta, this is no time to be bashful or shy. You have to put it out there. Um, we do try to meet, you know, um, to demonstrate the need of the family. Our dollars aren't infinite, unfortunately. And so, yeah. um, you know, so there is, there is what? a kind They're of, not infinite. I know, you, we don't have a money tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One thing we don't have on campus and that's a money tree. Um, you know, but we do a real, we do a really good job supporting families. Um, and, you know, my goal as I, one of the things that I'm committed to and that Hopkins is committed to as I visit all of these, you know, um, mm-hmm. middle schools in Haven, my personal issue is that I could not in good conscience go to all of our local middle schools and meet with eighth graders that are really, really excited about Hopkins, right? Mm-hmm. So I get there and I get them all excited and if we didn't have the financial aid dollars to back it up, right? right. Because there, there seems to be nothing more cruel than doing something yeah. like that. And so um, I really feel like we do a good job standing behind um, what we put out there. And, um, you know, but people have to apply for it. It's one of those things, if you think you need it, then you then should do apply it. for it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, is it a more competitive applicant pool? Absolutely. Yeah. Just because there aren't, you know, money after money, you know. So, you know, that does put you in a competitive pool. But if you need the financial aid, what's worse, being in a competitive pool or trying to figure out how, how you're, you're going to pay? pay for it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So that's usually an issue that I run into. Now, most people, some people have heard of it. Mm-hmm. Some people haven't. Mm-hmm. So Hopkins is considered a day school. It is. So what does that mean? I know what it means, uh-huh. but can you explain that? Yes. And so at a day school, our kids come in in the morning. They come in at 8. School starts at 8. And school's over at 3.30. Um, unless you play sports. The right. Then it's, it's a little, a little different. bit later. A boarding school, you drop your kids off first week of September sometime. Um, and... They're in a dorm and they live there. And you never see them again. <laughs> you may not. You may not, depending on how far away they are. You know, they'll come home. It's like having a college student, right? Yeah. They'll yeah. come home for breaks and they'll come home for summer vacation. You know, one of the benefits of a place like Hopkins is that, you know, I call it, you know, a day school, you know, with, with boarding school opportunities, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so curriculum and athletics and drama and art, we offer all those things, but kids can still go home and you know, have dinner with their parents with their families, and, you know, yeah. play with their dog and, you know, still hang out with their neighborhood friends, but still every day be in an academic environment where, you know, where they are challenged and, um, and where they're exposed to so many different things. So what are the options really mm-hmm. when you start to talk about going to a place like Hopkins Mm -hmm. and playing extracurricular activities, Mm -hmm. being involved in in different things that, because I'm sure that you have uh, community hours, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, community service. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about what extracurricular you Mm -hmm. have and how that may benefit a student. Well, you know, it's funny because we may be one of the few, we have a a large community service, um, office and kids are very involved in community service but they don't have to perform a certain number of hours okay um the only students that are required are seniors so you know a week or so before graduation they spend a week during community service as opposed to taking final exams okay so they they take that time to to do various things in the area um you know our part of our curriculum is that the kids have to do something physical 
All right, so you don't have to play on a junior varsity or a varsity team. But four days a week, you have to do something. Something. Something active. Um, and that's just, you know, kind of healthy body, healthy mind, mm -hmm. you know, um, mm -hmm. train of thought. So, so do you have yoga classes? Because, you know, that's the, that's the 21st century yoga, thing now. Right? Yeah, we do have yoga. You know. And we have um, fitness and weight training and, you know, that sort of thing. So if you're not... In you know, addition to in addition traditional to sports. traditional sports. And even some... Not, you know, we have a, a large squash program, we have fencing, um, we have crew, we have, you know, so we have some sports that, wow, those I, are, they I call them prep school sports. Yeah, they are prep school sports. I forgot mm -hmm. you all had yeah. a crew team. A crew team, yeah. Wow. I know, and so that, Who you do know, they practice? They practice um, wherever Yale crew practices, somewhere oh, around Avenue. 34 yeah. or so. Yeah, so they yeah. practice there, um, and then, yeah, so we've had crew now for several years squash um we've had so we actually have a squash center squash courts mm -hmm. um fencing you know so some of the kind of more non-traditional sports um you know we have and then we have a full theater program um we have five performances a year wow um, yeah so it's it's a lot um That's and a lot. right and they're smaller in january we have something called the one act so the kids that are playing sports that you know, the, sometimes the rehearsal time and they in right. the practice time kind of clash. Um, it allows them to actually participate in the theater program, which is good. And then we have music, we have an orchestra, we have a jazz rock ensemble, um, you know, a, a really, really good um, fine arts program. So there's mm -hmm. lots of different, it's all about creating a balance, right? right. right. Um, academics are important, but I mean, you need to also be involved in some other things. Yeah, right? and, and so, kind of grow that other side of the brain. Absolutely, absolutely. So, back to financial aid for a quick second. Okay. Loans mm. versus grants. That's a good question because people are often, oh, again, give me this money right at the end of four years or six years and become a seventh grade. Am I going to have to pay this money back? I mean, that's a question that we that we get a lot. And the answer is no. So any financial aid dollars that we offer families um, is strictly grant. So, you know, when your child graduates, there's no expectation that that money is going to be it's paid coming back. back. And, yeah. um, that's money that we've given you um, in order for your child to live. It's fabulous. Yeah, no, it's good. I think people are very, you know, you know, sometimes you're uncomfortable with things that you're not familiar with, especially right. when it comes to money. Right. Right. So if you give me this money... You know, are you what does that mean? What does that mean? And how much more am I going to have right. to now? But it's strictly right. uh, grant dollars, um, no loan at all. So, how do you say to a child, mm -hmm. "This would be so good for you"? Yeah. How do you get that idea across? If you see a kid. Mm -hmm. And, you know, okay, so his mama says he's smart, the principal <laughs> says he's smart, mm -hmm. his teachers are saying he's smart. Right. But you really see mm -hmm. that this kid can benefit. Mm -hmm. How do you convince them? Because, you know, kids are funny. Yes. Either they're gun ho about it, or they're like, eh. Right, exactly. I'm not so sure. And that, you know, and for kids, um, you know, for sixth graders looking at our seventh grade and for eighth graders looking at our ninth grade, a lot of it is like where your friends are going to go, right? Right. And so right. oftentimes they're making decisions based on, well, all my friends are saying that they're going to go to this school, so I'm going to go to that school. You know, so that makes it even more difficult. So. Right. Um, my strategy typically is to just to get them in the space, right? Okay. And so... Um, you know, if they're not sure, feeling a little ambivalent about, you know, I don't know if I want to do this. 
come and visit for the day, right? Mm -hmm. Come and visit for the day. You know, meet the kids, sit in on classes, have lunch in the dining room, um, you know, go to art or go to one of the, you know, basketball practices, really get a sense. Because I think, you know, um, some of the hesitation is just being unsure as to kind of like what this whole thing looks like um, because it's foreign it's unfamiliar. People have this notion of, you know, that school on the hill. Yeah, and right. the kids there are different and the teachers there are different. No, the kids there are just like the kids everywhere, everywhere else. else. So yeah. if I can typically, if I can get them in the space, then usually by the end of the day, they're like, oh. Okay. But now, so you convince the kid. Mm -hmm. How often do, do you have people visit? I mean, what is it? What is the general, mm -hmm. can people visit year-round? Mm -hmm. What's the general schedule for a visit? For a visit. So the general schedule for a visit is once a student um, submits an application and comes in for an interview, then after that they can schedule a visit. But having said that, um, there have been instances where I have scheduled a visit um, for a student because, you know, I can't even get them to the application part yet because they're still not sure. Like, I don't even really know if I want to do this. Yeah. So there have been instances where I've kind of reversed it a little bit and had them come and spend the day, spend some time, and then the process will begin from, from there. So, um, and we have visit days and through the spring, you know, so, so some kids are like, wait until they find out they've been accepted and then they'll come and visit. Some kids don't want to get all worked up. Right. And if they're not admitted, right. Then, you know, there's a, you know, so you do have to manage expectations to a certain extent. Um, so we'll have visits through the spring. Yeah. But sometimes we may do things a little, a little course, different, a little, bit, a little different, a little yes. different. Mm -hmm. So, You've got an open house coming up. We do. Open house is huge. Talk about the open house. What that's like. What that experience is. Right. So we we pray for a beautiful fall day because it's all about the you know the campus is amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, and so we have actually two open house sessions. So open house this year will be on Sunday, October twenty second. Um, and open house is probably our largest admission. Um, function that we have during the year. We have several different smaller um, mm -hmm. functions, but this is, we anticipate every year we have at least 1,200 people at our open house. Oh, really? I know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's huge. And it's it's only the one day? It's only the one day. Wow. So it's an all day. So if you're interested in applying um, for any, between ninth and 12th grade, then open house begins at 12. If you're interested in 7th and 8th grade, open house begins at 2. Okay, so it's staggered. So it's staggered. But that first open house is is huge. Um, tours, you can meet with teachers. Um, we have a student panel. Um, you know, we actually have all of the academic departments represented. So if you wanted to mm -hmm. talk to a math teacher or a science teacher, those mm -hmm. teachers are available. Um, we have someone there for financial aid. So if you have questions about how that whole process works, there's mm -hmm. some transportation. There's someone there to talk. You know, so we. We do a pretty good job covering all the bases, so it's kind of like one-stop shopping right, on right. a Sunday afternoon, right. um, and it really is a good opportunity to kind of touch a little bit of everything in one day. And like most open houses, mm -hmm. it doesn't cost people it anything. It doesn't cost people anything. Um, you're just trying it on. You're just trying it on. You can, if you go to our website, um, you can pre-register. Um, if you forget to do that and Sunday the 22nd rolls around, just show up. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, no, it doesn't cost you anything. If you fill out the little inquiry form, you're not committing to anything. You're just, you know, you're checking us out. 
you know, trying to get a feel a for basic the place. Visit. A basic visit. A basic visit. Mm -hmm. What is it that you want the community to know mm -hmm. about Hopkins? Because people know about it, but they kind of don't. They, well, mm -hmm. not only do they kind of don't, mm -hmm. but I don't think they know enough. Right. So what is it that you want the community to know about that institution? I, a couple of things. Um, one, I want the community to know that your child will get the best education out here. Um, you know, we are a nationally ranked independent school right here in your own backyard, right? You know, so no need to travel, no need to go to boarding school. You have a nationally ranked school right here. Um, your child's going to be supported. Your child is going to be taken care of. Your child's going to be looked after. Um, parents are going to be very involved in the process. Um, your child is going to make friends from all over the state, which could be good or bad when it comes to, you know, social <laughs> things. Like, mom, can I get a yes. ride to Westport? Yes, yes. Um, you know, but they're going to be all sorts of kids and have all sorts of wonderful opportunities. Yes, we're a private school. And, and yes, there's a process, you know, to be admitted. And yes, there's tuition that goes along with it. But, the, but you know, what your child gets at the end of it all is so much bigger than any of those things. Um, and for kids, I want them to know that regular, we have regular kids, just like the kids that they go to school with now. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're no different. Um, and and what, you, what they would share with these kids is just kind of an eagerness to learn, um, a joy of learning, um, and, um, and just really wanting to get as much out of their high school experience as possible. But you have a strong alumni base. We do. We do. Actually, we have a New Haven alumni gathering coming up on October 26th, mm -hmm. where um, there are Hopkins people everywhere. everywhere. I have gone to places where <laughs> I did not expect, that are not even in Connecticut. I was just in Martha's Vineyard over the weekend, and someone drove by with one of our school tags on the windshield meaning that they are actively a student and like they're everywhere and, and the network is strong um and the network is tight mm -hmm. and um you know it's just it's great networking opportunities um our alums are very generous as far as um really providing opportunities to our current students which is nice and um yeah so i mean it's definitely um in the, in the long run thing. over the years mm -hmm. it is worth Absolutely. It is worth the attendance and being an alum. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think um, my son now is beginning to understand that now that he's on the other side of yeah. it. Um, yeah. And understanding how many amazing opportunities could you know, be possibly kind of... be in front of him right. because of that Absolutely. education he received. Absolutely. So. so tell us again, when is... The open, open house. house. So open house is Sunday, October 22nd. Mm -hmm. If you're interested in applying to any gr grade 9 through 12, open house begins at 12 noon. And for our 7th and 8th graders, open house begins at 2. And if folks want more information just about Hopkins, period, mm -hmm. the website address? www.hopkins.edu. Right. And everything you need to know about Hopkins will be right there on the website. Wonderful. Angela Wardler, thank you so thank you, much Michelle. for this. Thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate your time and your patience and me trying to get this hooked up <laughs> on Facebook. Thank you for having me on Carrie, the show. Carrie, I need you. Carrie, she needs you. Really, truly. Because <laughs> this has been an experience.
I'm usually a pretty good producer. But this Facebook and me uh, hanging the phone mm -hmm. and... Ooh. Hopefully we got everyone's head and all that stuff in yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I'm hoping that we did. <laughs> Angela Wardlaw is the Associate Director of Admission or Admissions? Admission. Okay, Admission. <laughs> and the Director of Community Engagement at Hopkins School. Please do everything in your power if you have one of those bright babies right. to at least investigate and see what your child can do in this environment. Absolutely. This has been the show. It airs tomorrow, 10 a.m., and then again at 6 p.m., okay? So I expect to see you there. Expect to hear from you. Thank you. Thank Love you. Bye-bye. <laughs>